This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Everyone loves Mint Mobile, and it's time for more Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. If you say a word too much, it doesn't sound like a word anymore. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile. Did you know Mint Mobile has unlimited talk and text? Everyone knows Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows you can save with Mint Mobile. M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash distractible. Use distractible. Use the slash distractible. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash distractible. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month for the first three months only. Speed slower than 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good evening, gentle listener, and welcome to Distractable. This episode, it's a bodacious bitching session as Warm Wade invokes the humbug spirit as he scathes the ungrateful guest. Moon-loving Mark slams shipping, haggling over hardware, Christmas commercials, repeated rituals, and L.A. Baby-making Bob bashes bad buyers, the base bland biome, and distance relationships. From metal bending to the butthole sun. Yes. It's time for We Hate Christmas. Now sit back and prepare to be distracted and enjoy the show. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Distractable. As you can see, I'm sitting by the fire. I don't have my green screen up. Never mind. I'm here. I'm Wade. Hello, welcome to Distractable, everybody. I'm joined by Mark and Bob. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. I thought I still had the green screen up. I was going to be sitting by the fire, like reading a book. It's going to be a whole thing. You could put it up. It's sitting right there behind you. You absolutely could put it up if you so chose. Yeah, but now I've already started. Now it's too late. Like, whatever. It's really barely even. It's not too late at all. Not going back. We're just moving forward because that's what time does. That's what we do. That's the level of quality, distractible eyes to offer for you, listeners. If you're new here, this is the show where one of us hosts, the other two compete for points. Whoever has the most points at the end gets to host the next episode. We can talk about whatever we want. Today, I'm the host, and so I decide everything mark we should not let him decide anything mark we should decide i think that we could band together and bail on this episode we could walk out i think we should walk out of this episode right now exactly three two i'm going early welcome to the wade show everyone where wade is what it's all about finally we get the episode you've all asked for never mind they're back 
I never even pretended to leave. I I pretended you left because I just wanted that for myself. I mean, you could have a... Do we want to have the first ever solo episode of Distractable? You could have that. That's fine with me, I guess. We could, but again, I've already got a plan and time rolls on. No time to change it now. We're on the train. Uh, I, I tried that back when I was evil and, you know, it didn't work out too good for me. <laughs> oh, well, you did it all wrong. I learned from your mistakes. I know how to do it better. Also, I got to give credit. I, I Someone tweeted at me and they're like, I can't believe you guys never came up with the name Behind. Ah. Uh, That's a good one. Behind. It's all right. I give you credit for whoever said that to me, but I forgot your username. And I'm not looking because we only move forward and we're moving forward right into the small talk portion where I care about what you guys tell me and stuff. So what's new in your lives? What's good? That was a very visual bit, Wade. I think the listeners, the audio only crowd is going to be quite upset about that. He was squinting at his screen like he was reading a script, but he's not. Re he's not reading a script. You don't know if I have a script or not. There's a 0% chance that you have a script in front of you. You guys know how I'm like all about lenses. The only thing I do is lenses, lenses in my life. So I've recently, I've gone further down the rabbit hole um, and I'm loading a piece of software that I downloaded. Lens software? Literally. Yeah. So it's about, it's an optical design software. Uh, I, th I think it's called like Optilex. There was a free version that's available still, you know, nowadays, like optical design is a really interesting field just because like the way light behaves, you know, is all of this is like manufactured and you get new materials to make uh, like basically the glass out of all the time. And every time there's a new material, it behaves differently in terms of its refractive index and its, you know, dispersion and its clarity. Um, and so when you have basically it's like puzzle pieces, right? So you have uh, glass elements of varying materials that have different refractive index. So you try to puzzle piece it together to get the, the optical parameters that are decided. And so I was wondering, not that I'm trying to decide anything from scratch, but I was wondering if I could research the materials that certain old lenses were made out of. I was actually wondering if I could theoretically put them together in a different order and create a new lens out of it. Like buy a lens, take it apart and reassemble the elements or buy multiple lenses and assemble them into it. Well, that wouldn't work. You couldn't put different lenses together really realistically. Well, technically speaking, it, all of the lenses have like different types of groupings of different sizes and stuff, but it's meant to achieve a certain refraction, right? So you have the middle group in one lens that does something to the light. It bends it in a very specific way. The, the other, it, other elements will take the light and do something with it but it just does it based on its properties, right? So the glass itself has properties where you assemble it in terms of like the distance apart and what it'll do. You can theorize it in the software if you know what it's made out of or roughly what it's made out of. Can you buy like housings in which to assemble custom elements or do you have to manufacture that yourself in some way? That's that's tricky because if you're making this, it's got to all be custom. So you need a CNC because Amy, Amy, uh, uh, she does some 3D printing and some wood CNCing, um, but metal CNCing is actually a much bigger process, uh, but with 3D printing nowadays with advances in it, you can kind of prototype some things relatively quickly. They wouldn't be precise, but it could give you like an eyeball of what you're looking for. Uh, so it's it's one of those things where I'm I'm not a, an a, like an optical engineer. I'm not I'm not into that. But a lot of it is the same principles as the stuff I was learning in engineering school, which is just basically you have a piece of software that can tell you what to do. You know the math based on the optical properties of what you're doing. You take the refraction. There's a certain equation that you can take it in refraction diffusion, and you plug it in the equation. You get your parameters that you want, or you basically just can see what you can achieve. And at the end of the day, it's like Lego pieces. You just like put light in front of things and see what it does. 
So you lose one eBay bid, and all of a sudden you got to make your own lens. I didn't lose. I won. Yeah, he didn't lose yet. <laughs> I won, baby. And then uh, I got more. I am sure at least one person watching can relate to your lens love and uh, crafting. I don't need them to relate. That's the thing. I don't care if they relate. I can't wait for the day where Marcus doing a recording an episode on his laptop while taking a tour of a metal fab factory and talking about how, oh, well, they can cast things. They can forge things within a one micron tolerance that that would be adequate for my purposes. But uh, I'm not a I'm not a metallurgist or a material scientist, but the principles are the same. Listen, actually, part of my job when I was working my engineering co-op, I actually did go to a metal metal fabrication factory that was local to the Cincinnati area and I toured their facility and I asked questions about their fabrication abilities and to be perfectly honest they were not that advanced most of what we were looking for was just about bending and bending metal is like a very imprecise process hence the cyber truck being what it is turns out that bending metal is not necessarily an advanced field however there is advancements in dual machine pinching of metal which does create really really impressive tolerance tolerances in metal fabrication pinching of one piece of metal or like pinch welding with force you have it's not even pinch welding it's literally pinching so you have a sheet of metal in between you have two of those robot arms the precision robot arms and they have little metal fingers like titanium fingers and what they'll do is they know where each other are in space so they'll press on either side of the metal and slowly pinch a shape out of it like one at a time by pressing on either side and like rolling through it. It can offer some pretty precise metal bending. But when it comes to metal, like bending is basically the only thing you can do. But because of the elastic properties of metal, it'll spring back into its shape. There's there's me many metals, especially the stronger ones, have like a lot of memory in terms of their shape memory. So they'll go back to the position they were. So bending is actually you've got to go past where you want and hope it goes springs back to where it is. But even then, it can still slowly over time, slowly settle back into where it was. So if you are bending metal that makes you a metal bender which means you're the product of at least earth and fire benders possibly water and air at least probably air well no actually metal bending is a very advanced technique uh of earth bending um but it's not it, like it's very difficult to do and only a few people can do it it was pioneered uh like actually during the events of league of last uh, of avatar the last airbender Anyway, I'm about to drop $1,000 on the professional version of this software because I can't be... No, I'm not. I'm playing with the free version because I don't even know what these numbers mean. Why don't you drop $100,000 on the professional version of the software? Yeah, you know, this is this is the answer. Like, if you don't want to buy the, the stupid $100,000 set of lenses, you start going down this road and you're like, what am I doing with my life? But I find it fun. Well, you know what they say. Buy a man a lens, he films for a day. Teach a man to lens, he films for a lifetime. That's actually what I'm talking about. I'm teaching myself how to lens. I'm lensing myself. Asian man at a lens at a lens's way to the moon. Mark loves the moon. I love the moon. Just not looking at it or images of it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to design. I'm going to design a lens that'll be able to take the clearest picture <laughs> of the moon ever recorded. And I'm going to post it all over Reddit. We're like, this is the greatest, clearest picture of the moon to date. Has all of this been a big reveal? Revenge plot? <laughs> 
Look, just because A. James McCarthy couldn't even comprehend the diffraction index of the lenses that are going into taking those pictures of the moons, and it's beyond his peanut-sized brain, his moon madness-infused wrinkles in his brain. If you buy or make this lens, and then you post on Reddit the actual clearest picture of the moon every day just to steal this guy's thunder. That would be so good. Like, I'm not saying that's what it is, but you know. <laughs> Bob, do you have any, I want to emphasize the word small talk. Uh, my room's purple again, so that's pretty good. What's the picture above your TV, or is that like a... a it's an art. Art? Okay, yeah. I couldn't tell if it was like a bunch of little pictures, if it was... Is it like an art sound panel thing? Mandy made it. It's uh, wood pieces, Mandy painted. She made... She mixed the gradient herself, and then it's actually hard to see, but it's got... She made the panels, the, the purple panels, all in one block together, and did like... There's gold splatter on them. And then space them out so that the splatter is like, it's more dimensional and it's just black panels behind them holding together. Yeah, she just made that. Great. I've emphasized the word small a bit too much there. Points to Mark for elaborate revenge plotting. Points to Bob for conciseness. I would go into asking how everyone's Christmas holiday was. However, that's not for this episode. This episode, we're taking a different path. This episode, I'm going to focus on what sucks about Christmas. What do you hate about this time of year? What really grinds your bones? What is it about this time of year where everyone's jolly and happy that you just need to go ahead and lay it out there to get it off your chest? Uh, you know what? I've, I'm trying to think of something that I don't like about Christmas that's not the most boring, cliched shit in the entire universe. I can throw one out there and I can get your opinions on it while you think. How do you feel about the whole concept of secret Santa? Oh, I like that. I will say, I have never participated in a secret Santa in my entire life. I like the concept. I think it's fun. I don't. I hate it. Why? Because you don't like people or things or having fun? No, because nobody ever, like, okay, let's say you're a pool of people. You get, like, someone's name. Now you have to go shop for them. Typically, the way they make it fair is there's a budget, right? Like, it'll be like, okay, $50. That's your budget. You have the secret Santa for this person, 50 bucks. And it's like, okay, what do they want? And then I have to think about it. I can't go ask them because then they know I'm the secret Santa. So then I have to like care enough to think about them, what they might like, what they might want. I'm not a shopper. I'm not a Christmas gifter. I don't like getting gifts. I don't like giving gifts. I'm kind of scroogey in that way because I kind of feel like if I want something bad enough, I'll probably just end up getting it or saving up for it or whatever. If I guess and I get you something you don't like and then you got to be like, oh, thanks. I really appreciate it. And then it sits on a shelf and rots or you re-gift it or whatever else. And it was really just ultimately a big waste of time. Occasionally, there is that one gift that's like, oh, that was really thoughtful. I really appreciate that. That's like a great feeling. But those are like, those are few and far between. Normally, you end up just getting something generic that's like, oh, haha, ha, look at this little t-shirt ornament that says Grinch. Thank you. I've always wanted this. And yeah. <laughs> and it just ends up being kind of a stressful, anxiety-filled waste of time. There's already enough shopping and stuff to do. Now I got to guess what someone else wants. <sighs> It sounds like you just don't like people, like I was saying. As an extrovert, I really do hate people. It's a terrible combination. All well, right. uh, look, go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was going to say, can I approach a bench? <laughs> <laughs> Instant disappointment. Instant regret. This is not going to reflect well on your point cards, but yes, please. All right, all right, all right. So, uh, your honor, your honor, your honor. 
Are we starting from the wrong basis here? Because if we were to cast a negative light onto all of these these aspects, uh, I I just want to be clear. Are we arguing from the negative standpoint and the negative standpoint alone? Because the rules aren't clear. If if it if it's if it isn't that, then we might go wishy washy being like, this is our time to vent about the holiday. But you you know what? You have the freedom to go whatever direction you want. Well, no, no. What I'm saying is like I don't want the freedom. I, I want rules and constraints. If this is a purely negative, I wanna I wanna know that so that we can only come at this and that way we're not like oh but this and da da I wanna be clear. I think you can defend things. If you disagree, you can defend your point of view. But the ideas we're bringing to the table are things we dislike. But if, if I say something you disagree with, feel free to disagree. But if you're bringing an idea to the table, it better be to bitch about something. Better be to, okay, understood. Thank you, Your Honor. So if you like Thank Secret you. Santa, tell me you like Secret Santa. But you better have something you hate. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I'm surprised you don't like Secret Santa. I feel like I like Secret Santa almost more than I like regular gift giving. Because I'm with you, Wade. I, I find gift giving, as an adult, way less interesting right unless there's a thing i know that i know you want but you don't know you want and it's like a great idea whatever i'm gonna get you is probably something you already would just get yourself probably you'd save up for it and get it if you really want it or it's a thing you don't want that bad because you wouldn't get it for yourself and so then it's like well why would i do that but the secret santa thing is like oh well it's low stakes there's a set budget. Everyone knows it's Secret Santa. So you can be like creative, right? You could be like, hmm, what would this person like? And try something. And if it's a total bomb, then it's like, well, there's your $25 gift. You, I didn't get anything good either. So, you know, it's cool. This is secret. But like, it's way lower stakes. So it's more interesting to me, I guess. Here's the, I feel like if you go into it knowing that you guys are just pulling like pranks on each other and everyone is kind of knows that, then you can go that route. The ones I've done have been like the... I don't want to offend this person. So this would be really funny. But like, would they find it funny? I would. I think everyone else would. But like, what if everyone else gets something they care about and this person gets a joke gift? I don't want to be the only person getting it doing the joke gift. And then on the receiving end, I don't know if I've ever gotten anything through Secret Santa that I've been like, oh, hell yeah. It's mostly been like things are like, thank you. And then they sit and collect dust and disappear. And then I find them again one day and I'm like, I donate this to something. I never used it. Whatever. And that's pretty much been my experience. Maybe it's just a my experience thing, but I have found it tedious, unrewarding, and uh, I feel like the gifts I've given and received have been gifts that people are like, oh, oh yeah, thanks. I love bars of soap. You know, you know what I don't like about Secret Santa? Your Honor. The secret? Your armpits? No, the Krampuses who think it's more about the re- the the receiving than the giving. I think the people whose perspective on Secret Santas is that if they're so worried about the people getting it rather than the benefit of gifting. Is that what you just said, Bob? No, I just feel like you're really shoving it in his face. Yeah, well, I am, because I hate it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you, Counselor. Yeah, Your Honor. You know what? You know what? I think that you're selfish if you think that it's all about, like, trying to make sure that it's the best gift for them, because it doesn't matter. And if they're good people, then they would accept the gift no matter what. And I think it's two wrongs. It's one and a half wrongs. It's one wrong and no rights. Okay, if you're doing Secret Santa, you're not giving out of the goodness of your heart. You're giving because you agree to participate in Secret Santa. You agree to participate out of the goodness of your heart. The goodness is expelled from your heart earlier in the process no it's a social obligation where everyone else agreed they turn to you and it's like well i can't be the one to disagree no no the goodness of your heart is reflected on how much care you put into the gift not the act itself i don't have time for care i'm busy and you don't care so like you have no goodness in your heart coming out i agree part of this is a me problem but this is a time for bitching not for being right he agreed 
Yeah, points to me, I guess. Thanks. Wait, no, hold on. Wait, no. Good work, Mark. Hold on. Wait, no, no. So far in line to host next episode, I am in first place. Thank you. Is this the tyrannical Wade? It might be. Now then, I've gotten one of mine out of the way, and you guys clearly agree with me. Can't wait to see what you hate about Christmas so I can rip you all apart. Let's go. What do you hate about? It doesn't have to be Christmas specifically, but this time of year. I'm so busy ripping into me, you didn't think of an idea of your own, huh? <laughs> well, okay, all right, Mr. Man. You're a hateful person, Mark. I am not a hateful You are a, you know what, Mark? You're a very hateful person, he's right. No, I'm not. You're full of, you're seething. You seethe regularly. Okay, Mr. Mark hates the moon. All right, okay, if I had to, to seethe about a few things, it's, um, it's, uh... Uh, you know what I don't like about Christmas? The colors. Try something new. Am I right? No, I have something. It's been red and green, five ever. I have something. And I, it's just not a very compelling color. There's so many better color combinations. I feel like I, have something. I wish we could mix that up. Me. I don't know who's in charge of Christmas colors. I think Mark's saying he's in charge of them. It's his fault. Blame him. No, I have something. Well, Mark, I wish you would change the Christmas. I'm not the judge. You're not appealing. To, I'm not going to call on you. So wait, you didn't have anything. Bob starts talking. You have an idea. And I was supposed to cut him off for you. Yeah, yeah, please. Your Honor, I yield the remainder of my time to my <laughs> opponent. All right. Well, Bob, I would love to talk about those colors. But Mark, you know, the floor is yours. I have something that I hate that only really gets discovered during Christmas time, which is how exorbitantly expensive shipping rates are unless you are part of those shipping services. If you go, and I, I had to do this because I was trying to ship a package, it's a, like a large package, about 20 pounds, and I, I, I go onto the website for uh, any place, and I go like, what's the estimate for this? And it's like $1,000, because I'm trying to ship it to Korea, and it's like, it's $1,000. I shipped a chair, a gaming chair, to Germany, I think it was, a few years back, and boy, oh boy, the shipping was more expensive than the chair, and I realized after the fact that I should have just bought another new chair and had it shipped there. I know, but it, uh, what I discovered recently because uh, this can't be, there's got to be a better way because I I was ordering stuff from Japan on eBay and it was getting over there and the shipping was like 40 bucks, but I'm like, it's coming halfway across the world. That makes sense. Why is this a thousand dollars? I know it's bigger, but, and so if you go on to say like stamps.com and you, you know, I have an account there and it's, if you go in there instead of a thousand, it was 80 bucks. Just because you had an account, like a free account? Yeah, I didn't even pay any money yet. Well, at a trial, you know. Why is that such a discrepancy? Why are individual people? Because when it comes down to Christmas, it's the individual that does not have a business that operates as a shipper that is going to pay an exorbitantly higher amount. When in reality, it's it's like a f 10 minutes and you get a huge discount on shipping. And I know that Christmas is like stressful time for shipping uh, and it's really rough on delivery drivers. Don't it's make like it's excuses for them. And plus, they're, it's not like they're charging because they're paying the delivery drivers more. The people who are delivering your packages are not the problem. It's the companies. Let's be clear. And it, it's just kind of crazy that it only really gets discovered during Christmas when I need to ship out packages or something like that. It is cheaper sometimes just to go on the website and like deliver to that address or, you know, but these are things that I'm collecting and like I'm assembling and it's, 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 it gets problematic. The lesson learned is only buy from big retailers and have things shipped directly to the recipient. Never do anything personal. If you shop on Amazon in the country you're trying to ship to, way cheaper. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, then you're supporting a local business because it's Amazon, but local to that country. And you can send things exclusively in red and green, which everyone knows is the best color combination. Well, I don't know about that.
This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Everyone loves Mint Mobile, and it's time for more Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. If you say a word too much, it doesn't sound like a word anymore. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile. Did you know Mint Mobile has unlimited talk and text? Everyone knows Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows you can save with Mint Mobile. M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash distractible. Use distractible. Use the slash distractible. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash distractible. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month for the first three months only. Speed slower than 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Guys, I found another subscription. It's not even one. They keep coming. What? That's crazy. But that's okay, because I could use Rocket Money. Uh, <clears throat> Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money can help you have full control over subscriptions, have a clear view of your expenses. If there's anything in there that says, like, hey, please cancel this for me, don't press it. I'm going to go press all of those buttons. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash distractible. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E. Rocketmoney.com slash distractible. You should get that, Mark. It's probably important. Oh, no way. I've I thought of another thing, and this is uh, inspired by Mark, but I think slightly different enough that it's separate from Mark's point. This comes out during the holidays because suddenly everyone has to shop, and I think, Wade, you might fall into this category. You're one of these people. You know what I hate about the holiday season? Incompetent shoppers. Can I just say, I, I get that it's a busy, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of things going on, and I might be doing this unwittingly, but people suddenly, like, going to a store when it's busy is tough already like i don't like crowds it's stressful going to a store when it's busy with the holidays on top of it being i think i have a package and i need i know i need to sign for it i hear the dogs barking i'm so sorry no that's fine i'll tell wade my story on top of it being it's just busier than usual people are like stopping in the middle of the aisles people are like getting out their phone or their list and they're like wait a minute what is like did you because it's christmas did you forget etiquette of shopping in a store you can't pull off to the side you can't go find a little side aisle somewhere where no one else is to park and check your list two of the very few number of times we've gone shopping we've had people in the checkout line ahead of us so we're like waiting on them to because we're next get like halfway through their order and the person is like scanning stuff whatever and they're like oh I forgot something. Can you finish scanning this and I'll just run and grab it really quick? And it's like, what? No, that's not how that works. Like, I get that it's a huge pain in your butt that you forgot something. But we are literally, we were the last one this happened to. A guy forgot something. He forgot a football because I saw him come back with it. It was a football. So clearly like a gift for a kid or something like, you know. We were in line behind him. We ended up going to a different line, waiting for a different person to finish checking out, and then checking out ourselves. 
And he only just barely got back in time to beat us checking out. And it's like, why do you think you get to occupy that spot in line like that? If I did that, if I forgot something and I was like, oh, I got to go back. I got to go get that. I would be like, cancel my order. Put that back in the cart. I will come back through the lines because I don't want to hold up this whole line of all these people behind me in this extra busy store. People like forget that anyone else exists just because they're like, oh, Christmas, I got to get this. Oh, like there's still you got to ha- you still have to have etiquette if you're in a public place. I hate that about Christmas. People are inept shoppers and the worst ones come out during Christmas. I don't know if you deal with this. Typically, whenever I go shopping, which isn't very often, to be fair, if I go get clothes, if I go get electronics, if I go get gifts from, you know, yada, 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 you name it, I don't really ever have that many issues. It's like, I'll go find what I need. If there's a sale, it's like two for three. Sure, I'll get two of those, put them in the basket, whatever, go to checkout. When I get rung up for as many times as I can remember as rung up correctly, I feel like this time of year, every other person in line has to argue with the person they're checking out with about the price of something. It's like, this pair of pants was hanging in the clearance rack. Well, someone put it there. They're not clearance. Like, they don't have the sticker. They're not, but it was hanging on the clearance rack. Yeah, but those aren't on clearance. Clearly someone just put them there. But it was on the clearance rack. I should get the clearance price or something like that. I would not be good at a retail job because I, every time I see that happening, I would, my, in my internal response is I would just be like, oh, well, let me use every ounce of authority I have to fix that for you. And then I would just stand there and stare blankly at them and be like, that's right. I'm at the cash register, aren't I? I guess I'm not the manager of the store or anything who has any, like, what am I going to do? Yeah, no, that, I would put that in the same category as the inept shoppers is the people who, who feel the need to argue that it, well, it was on sale. It's like, well, then go look what why are you wasting our time with this everyone else around seems to have those issues this time of year where like you look at like like we were checking out we were buying clothes uh for a family member the other day and there's four different registers like in a circle and we were at one of them all of the other three were there before us not buying many items but all of them were arguing about the prices of things and we were just like we just uh, we're just gonna get these five things that ring them up Prices looked like what we expected them to look like. They put them in the bag and we were paid and left. But everyone else was like, you don't understand. This pair of pants has to be this price because look at those pants. And it's like, we bought the same pair of pants and they ring up the same price. That's the price on the tag. That's the price on the thing. That should be the right price. I don't know what they're fighting. But they're always arguing something. And I get it. Things are way overpriced. Yeah, no, I don't begrudge anyone wanting to make sure they get the right price. And they're like, oh, that's that's $5 more than I expected. But sometimes they're definitely wrong. Yeah, it doesn't, it's, it never seems like the people who put up those objections have like, somehow they're wrong. They're always wrong. It's never like, oh, you're right. That should be on sale. And then they fix it and then they get them. The resolution is always like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. That's not on sale. And then they're all like, and then they buy it. Sometimes I feel like they just do that. So to get to the point where the manager comes over and gives them a credit or a break and they know that'll work. So they fight in the wrong and just stand their ground, knowing eventually they'll cause such a fuss that someone will just come over to get them out of the store. Well, it's interesting because some people live for that, like car buying people. Some people just love negotiating. I could not hate it more. I I don't feel like there's any benefit to it other than making me mad. But I also know that the car salesmen are expecting negotiation. And even if you were to go up to a car salesman and be like, listen, I don't like negotiating. 
I know you got a number in there that makes everyone happy. Just go back and pretend to argue in my favor. Just really wave your arms around so I know you're really trying and then come back with a lower number and we'll be happy with that. I've actually done that. Did it work? Yeah, absolutely. Because that's what happens. Like you go back and you go. That's the thing is if you're if you're cool with car salesmen, they don't really give a shit either. It's a whole show for their boss and everyone. I the last when I bought my my car that I keep talking about by Subaru, I did that exact thing. I went in and I was like, that list price on the window sticker, that's ridiculous. That's a joke, right? And so, and I was like, I brought a check for this much for like the down payment and I'm trading in my car and I know how much that car's worth. So just go talk to your boss and let's get this over with because I don't want to be here for five hours talking to you about this. I really just want the car and I'd like to leave. Totally worked. The guy the guy came back and was like, all right, how about this number? And I was like, yeah, that's, that's like an appropriate price for that car. Sounds good. Anyone out there that is afraid of going out to buy a car you're perfectly justified in doing that but really honestly the car salesman wants to make commission the car shop owner wants to make profit oh they just want to get it off the lot too yeah they want to get it off the lot they are motivated to sell to you you don't have to go back and forth look up what the value is beforehand go in there and just be like let's cut to the quick you got it. That list price ain't right. Go in there, knock it down, whatever you can. Does that work mainly on used cars or new cars or both? It works really well on new cars because they pay a fee to have new cars sitting on the lot, but it works pretty well on used. It's just the same. Like, it's the same game. And if you really want to make a friend, be real and be like, you know, that's not a good price. Here's my price where I'm at. And also, I'd like to buy some, like, all-weather floor mats or something for, like, 200 bucks. Because if you throw in those little extras, you're paying way more than they're worth. But if you save, you know, $5,000 off the list price and then spend 200 bucks, just as, like, a, oh, I got, look, I got him to buy the thing. He can show his boss or whatever. Like, they love that shit. Yeah, I, I went in um, a long time ago. This is like when I was in college. Uh, and I said, uh, it was actually advice uh, from someone I knew. Uh, but they were just like, go in, say what amount of money you have to spend and decide how much you want to spend. Tell them that number and say tax title and everything, this number. Find me what car this works for. And this is for used cars. So I think I had like $3,000 to buy a car because I had no car. And I went in there and I was like, I have $3,000 for everything included, tax title and whatever. What can you get me? And he was like, all right. And he gave me some options. You're like, you got this hunk of shit. It actually is worth less. So you could save a little money. And then this Toyota Corolla, which has some problems, but you're not going to get any warranty. You're not going to get anything, but you'll drive off the wall. And I picked the Toyota Corolla because I've had one before and it had many problems. Like the key ignition wouldn't turn a lot of time. It would get stuck. So especially on a hot summer day, I was like stuck in my car, just trying to turn it. And inevitably that's the one I actually, uh, no, that, no, I, the one I, totaled before was what i had and then i got this even shittier one uh afterwards sounds like a great experience <laughs> no but the car experience was great because it was just like i have this money what can you get me with everything included and he would he was really nice because he was like you can get this save a little money you get a little warranty but it's not he literally went, like, it's you don't want it uh and then you can get this one <laughs> you can get it but no warranty i can't we can't do that for that price anyway not christmas Stupid Christmas. But car buying is a big part of Christmas. They're always advertising people getting their new cars. 
Molly and I always laugh at this commercial that came out a few years ago where there's like a couple inside of like what looks like a very modernized mansion. Like I think the lady like pulls out these like matching watches. One's red and one's black. I think I've talked about this on here before too. And they're like, oh, I love it. And then he's like, I got something for us too. And they walk outside and he's got a red and black car out there. And clearly he wants the black one and like the red one's for her. And then like she goes up to the black one and gets in and she's like, I love it. And he's like, but I, I love it. And he goes, I like red. But it's like these two hundred thousand or hundred fifty thousand dollar cars sitting in front of this mansion. It's like, oh, that's so relatable. We should buy two hundred thousand dollar cars to go with our modernized mansion. And it was like, who's the target audience or demographic for this particular commercial? But we always laugh when it when it came on. Yeah, Christmas commercials. I think we can all gripe about because it's the exact same things. We everyone knows Black Friday just happened, so it's like at this point, it's a game. It's a race of like they're trying to get every last sale before the end of the year and they need to clear the shelves because they, they can't be sitting on christmas stuff afterwards and also all the good deals already happened and you're not guaranteed to get it before christmas they're always like breakfast and so it's like it's always a crap shoot so all the christmas commercials are just like stupid there was one a few years ago where there was like an old lady like knitting sweaters for the family and like you just see her like as the year's going on, she's like working on these all year. And then like the moral of the story, I'll skip to the end, is like the daughter or whatever hands her a box and she opens it up and it's like a new, I don't know, like uh, not an Apple watch, but it's one of those like Fitbit. It's one of those watches, right? It's like a technological marvel. And she puts it on and you see her like toss the sweater boxes aside that she's worked on all year. And it's like, oh, don't make your own presents, buy them. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yes. That's so sad. I thought you were going to say she knitted a car. You wouldn't knit a car, would you? <laughs> knit comes at you slow. By switching to GMC, you can get a car now. What a reference. Thank you, thank you. You know, we might not be too far away from being able to download a car. I, you know what? I do follow uh, some, like, YouTubers, TikTokers who have been 3D printing car parts very interesting stuff okay here's actually the thing that i i don't like um is when you are with your family it's great it is a wonderful thing i don't like re-watching the same christmas movies except for the grinch i can watch the jim carrey grinch unlimited number of times but when it's like a holiday tradition to watch the same movies and i never liked them in the first place like uh actually no i'll take it back i i just last night we watched uh the christmas without santa claus and that was nice because i hadn't seen that along the one with heat meister heat miser and freeze freeze miser and mr heat miser yeah, 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 whatever. Mr. Sun. I'm Mr. Green yeah, Christmas. I'm Mr. Thousand and One or whatever. Hundred and one, thousand and one, whatever it is. That was nice because I hadn't seen it in a bit, but it's like, man, the same ones. But again, I guess I can't say anything because I could watch the Grinch. Some of them I can get behind. I like those or like the old like Rudolph or whatever, like the little animated ones I can get behind. Some of like just like the not the call out Chevy Chase, but like the Chevy Chase Christmas family. Like, yeah, I just I don't like them. I can't watch that one every year. Like every once in a while it's fun to see that again but seeing one of those every year is kind of like i don't know for me it's just like eh. or the tim allen santa claus movie it's like i enjoyed it the first time i saw it but i don't need to see it every year i don't know why the animated ones stick with me better than the like just actual like non-animated ones i do like the charlie brown one like those i uh, i can get behind that i think there's something just very like relaxing about watching old charlie brown and peanuts stuff the charlie brown holiday specials always feel like um 
Oh, it feels like taking a Xanax to me or something. I don't hate them, but I don't, I wouldn't consider that like, oh, I'm watching this movie I like. Like it comes on and I'm like, oh man. The Christmas music in the car and at home and like the, and in stores, and that gets a little grating after a while. But to go back to the family stuff, it's nice spending time with family, but I also have like certain family members that just don't get along. I think a lot of people have those family members that like you can get along. It's like your friends sometimes. You can have friends that you get along with both, but they don't get along with each other. I've got family members like that. And whenever we have like a Christmas thing where they're all under the same roof, it's just tense all day because everyone's kind of like, watching them waiting for like one of them to like take the last piece of ham and the other person to like make a little off comment about it or there's always like that small comment where it's like they're sparking it and they know they're sparking it but then they get the other person to slightly overact so then they can overreact and then it just builds up until the explosion like they're they want to fight and everyone wants to like throw down i get that i have that on family holidays where there's like the the off comment that someone makes and it's like i was wondering which one of you was going to make the comment first oh god here it comes and then like you just see it escalate there's nothing you can do besides know that everything's going to hell very soon i think that's a funny thing about family and it's kind of uh one of those things that is in today you know with the internet everyone can yell at anyone with no consequence but also you can cut people off if they're only internet friends with certain like family and like i guess historically speaking for the human species you would always have people in your life regularly that you don't like you know you just like you don't like them but they're where else are they gonna go you know they're they're just like in your town like the neighbor you hate or something like that and i think like family gatherings like that are one of the few occasions where you are forced to interact with oh it's that uncle or it's that crazy aunt or it's oh it's this grandparent uh, you know that uh, has slightly racist tendencies, you know, um, and it's it's kind of one of those like few circles left where you are forced to integrate with people that you may or may not always disagree with or agree with. Here's another one that's random. At first glance, this seems like a positive thing, but one of my relatives typically always has someone in his life who doesn't have a place to go for like Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. And so he's always like, can I bring by so-and-so? They don't have anywhere to go. They don't have any family left. They're not going to have a meal. And we're always kind of like guilted into like, yeah, I mean, I don't want anyone to be alone on Thanksgiving or alone on Christmas. Sure, I guess. And we're always duped because this person will show up. They'll be gracious. They'll eat the food. They'll hang out. And then... This just happened on Thanksgiving as they were like saying goodbye and thank you for having them or whatever. They took my mom aside and they were like, do you have like 20 bucks I could have? And it's like, we all heard it and we all had to sit there like, did I just, this person that we had over that, you know, ate food and everything else, they're not even part of our family came here and now they're asking for money on the way out. And it's just... That's not a very common thing, probably, but it's the whole like bringing somebody in that has nowhere to go on the, you know, just by looking at it. That's sweet. That's nice. There's always the type of person that takes advantage of hospitality. And that's always the type that's invited over where it's like, thank you for the free meal. Also, do you have a hundred dollars I could just have? Those kinds of tensions and things that the family get togethers for me. And this is probably a me specific issue with uh, my family, but uh, it's awful. (laughs) It's an awful feeling of like, well, we already like had a stranger in our house all day. And now the stranger is requesting money on the way out the door. This is great. 
I can see this one. I, I really can because it's like, if no one knows them, if they are a guest, it's like, yeah, eating was clearly the objective. And, and just knowing, like, probably asking your mom specifically because he or she was like most likely to say yes. And if I say it quiet enough, you know, it could be there. It's like, it's asking, it's getting something and then asking for more. That's being an ungracious receiver in anything where the gift was warm company, good food, and, uh, you know, place to spend Christmas not alone. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, welcome to Ikea, where even this desk is circular. Huh, how so? Looks pretty rectangular to me. It's because we're always looking to repair, reuse, and we love our products, like buying back your Ikea items for store credit, or shop our as-is section for great deals. You can even order free spare parts. Get on the circular path for a more sustainable future. Still a rectangle. Get started at ikea-usa.com slash circular. Visit ikea-usa.com slash circular for as-is information and buyback and resale terms and conditions. Spare parts not available for all products. As we're winding down here, is there anything else you guys really want to talk about you hate about the holidays? I, You guys are going to love this. I hate not having an actual winter. And I know this is only a factor of living in... Well, well, well. Oh, there's snow on the ground here, Mark. What do you know about that? Whoa, wow. Ooh, mm. I'm trying to meet you halfway here, and you guys are giving me sass. Guess who has snow on the ground right now? I would love that. What I'm saying is, like, I miss being in Cincinnati. No, can I say, we lived in the Bay uh, area for, like, four years-ish? You really... And we lived in North Carolina before that where we also didn't really have winter you really miss it snow just like spices it up a little bit i don't miss it being like muddy and gross and slushy and whatever like that's kind of unpleasant it makes everything just wet and whatever and cold but the actual having an actual winter is an underrated thing and i'm not saying like 10 feet of snow either like having a little bit of snow sometimes just having it i walked outside the other day and it was like in the teens like it was cold actually cold for the first time and i just like took a deep breath and was like Mmm, fresh air out here, hmm? Good, good cold air. And maybe it's a Midwest thing. I'm sure if you grow up in California or wherever and you don't have the winter, then you go somewhere where there's winter, you're like, oh, this sucks. This is terrible. I never want, but like actually having the seasons is huge. And I really appreciate it now that we live back here for the first time in like a decade. Yeah, it, it was, we went over to Iceland and because Iceland, oh, Iceland just erupted a little bit. Ago. This is out of date by now. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, no, the volcano thing that has been terrifying to follow. Yeah. You guys were there less than a month before that? That actually yeah, yeah, started yeah. erupting like like weeks like uh, no it was a month it was about a full month because it took a long time for it to erupt everyone was like it's any day now any day now and it got to the point where 
uh, people start being like, well, maybe it's not gonna happen, you know, maybe. And then, and then two mile long fissure of bubbling lava. The videos and images of that are insane. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. And it's two miles long. So, but we were in Iceland and it was cold and I'd missed the cold. And it was, it was shocking how quick, I mean, Cincinnati is not like a super cold place, but I have kind of a craving of cold and being in LA kind of acclimates you to that weather. So suddenly being in Iceland, it was like 30 degrees when we first arrived and I was like, oh my goodness. But within a few days, I remembered how much I really enjoy the cold and you know, you, you soak it in and your body kind of adapts, starts producing a bit more heat all the time. And then towards the end of the trip, I wasn't cold when I stepped out, but it was the same temperature. And I was like, oh my God, it's so nice. It is refreshing. So yes, I don't like being in LA for Christmas. That's one of the things I don't like. Great, points to Mark for wanting to move back to Ohio. I hate LA. <laughs> my favorite christmas song that frank sinatra classic i hate la and everything about it just leave la just leave just leave right away mm -hmm. yep. all right bob any last minute hateful spiteful things i hate how far apart people live i i there's always pressure in my family i i don't have, think i had a lot of experience that you were talking about we all generally get along pretty well and but the thing in my family is like i have family further north in michigan southern michigan i have family in ohio we have family in texas we have like we're not like insanely spread out but we mandy and i were the ones who spread out right like most of our families in this part of the country we lived in north carolina which is kind of far away and then california which is super far away and every holiday season it's like well we want to see our family you want to see as many people as possible and there's that pressure of like okay well what if we fly in on this day and then we drive over there and then we drive up there and then we drive and blah and and like it was it was our fault for living far away but i even now we live here it's still like well we've got this family in cincinnati and this family up in detroit michigan and this but and it's like can't we all just live in the same town can't we all just live in a village so that i could just see because like the that pressure is like it's not a bad thing i'm glad that i want to see my family and i'm glad that there are you know i have family to see it's very lucky that, I, that that's my situation but it's disappointing because every year there's some kind of sacrifice where you're like well i guess we're not seeing them this year and it's just like i hate that feeling i love that i get to see family and i want to see them as much as possible but there's always that every year there's that feeling of like well we're not gonna see those guys now well we should all live closer together in family groups we should live multi-generational households I do think that 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 is definitely a thing that we are losing. And it's part of the problem is just because America is such a big country and with lack of rail and stuff. But did you see there was recently announced plans for new rail lines? I, I literally found out about this on TikTok and it was just like came up and it was like it was some dude who was like a train guy. And, you know, train guys there. He was just like, can you? it was the meme. Oh, oh, can you believe this? Like it was, uh, but it's very exciting because rail, I mean, you guys heard about, it. I, I mean, it kind of died out. Remember that train deal railman in Ohio, uh, that poisoned everything for miles and miles. I don't remember that. What are you talking about, Mark? That didn't happen. Yeah. Train derailments happen all almost every day just because the entire infrastructure is just so trash and it's been shat on by vehicle lobbyists and whatever, uh, you know, and funding just is kind of not there. Uh, but it's, it's just one of those things where 
if we had better passenger rail infrastructure, it would be tremendous for travel around the world. I mean, planes are one thing, but you literally every airport in America operates at extreme capacity almost all the time. You, I, I, the rarities in which I'm on a plane where it's not completely full, where they don't say over the intercom, like, we have no overhead space. If you don't volunteer right now, you'll be thrown off the plane. Uh, air, yeah, and part of being away is also like airline travel during holidays is awful. No, I have no, I have no actual knowledge to back this up, but I do think it's interesting in Europe in general uh, that the train system across continental Europe is so much better than it is America. And it's not like perfect. I'm sure there are tons of ways it could be better, but it's like, it's awesome. Is that why flights are so cheap in Europe? Because it's fucking crazy. You, and then it's not like you could fly a good, but you, could, you can get a Ryanair flight from like Amsterdam to, to London for like 25 bucks a ticket or something one way. Which, like, that's unfathomably cheap for any form of transportation here. 25 bucks is like an Uber for 10 minutes up the road in America. It's not far. Amsterdam to London, not a far flight. That's like an hour or less. But I can't fly an hour in America for less than, like, 200 bucks anywhere. There's no such thing. I have no idea if it's because the rail is competing with the flights or what, but, like, just generally traveling around Europe is so much nicer than trying to get across the country in the U.S. and flying in the U.S. is so miserable. It's crazy to me. And that is definitely not a fun part of the holidays. If you have to fly, holy shit. There's no competition. Yeah, it's like if there was rail, of course people would travel on rail. You see all those old movies of like people traveling on passenger trains and there's like whole catering services and you can walk around, you got observation decks and it's like it's relaxing as opposed to a Greyhound bus where you're crammed into the same seats but worse than a plane would be and you you, you got like the sweatiest people and you're not allowed to use the bathroom because it'll stink up the whole cabin. You know, it's like it it is uh, there is no comparison. Did you know there's a Greyhound? bus route in america where you're on a bus for like 72 consecutive hours it's like the it's <sighs> literally from like somewhere on the tip of florida to like seattle or alaska or some shit it's like but it's it's straight it's like several days of bus travel it's insane i'm going to take this specific train route that is up the coast and, and it just views everything it's a passenger train you can get a whole room to yourself for no more than what a uh like a not even like nowadays comfort plus on delta is sometimes 700 800 like just getting the comfortable seats um but you can you can spend and have a three-day journey some of the most beautiful places in america like going all up through california and then oregon and then getting up into washington and uh, you can get a whole room to yourself with meal service and everything your own bathroom for like the same price 700 800 bucks and i want to do that because it's perfect for writing like if i was trying to write my next thing go on that just write you can't do anything else don't worry about internet just detach for a bit that's my vacation that that sounds like a vacation to me god i hate christmas how many points do i get uh a lot okay for your honesty you guys, so what I've learned from today is you guys love Secret Santa and you hate everything else about Christmas. And, uh, you know, that's fair. It's a fair perspective to have. Yeah, I think I had a point I was going to make about one of the things you guys were talking about a while ago. But I got lost in the thought of wanting to go on the West Coast for anything. Uh, look, I, I'm glad that I live in Ohio, but talking like the West Coast isn't the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful parts of the country or absolutely worth visiting is just is just Ohio. 
Ohio copium all of the West Coast is very pretty. It's worth checking out almost any part of the West Coast. Is California's like beaches and view, is it any, is it really that much different than like parts of Florida? I feel like they're similar to me. Yes. East Coast beaches are so different from West Coast beaches. It's not even remotely the same. The one thing I'll say is I per, if you want to go to a beach and swim in the ocean, East Coast beaches. The West Coast beaches are like rocky. They look like landscape paintings. They look, they're like stunningly beautiful. And this, the places you can go on the West Coast are just awesome. They are, they all have like the Monterey Aquarium is like a, a pole trip in itself. Just go to Monterey just to see that. There are all these things on the West Coast that are like unparalleled beauty, unbelievable spots to go see if you like hiking or camping or anything like that. But if you want to like swim in a warm ocean, yeah, then you go to the Gulf beaches or whatever but like they're just they're not comparable they're very different things i feel like the gulf is really pretty too i feel like we're underselling no it's but they're different is what we're saying is like they're not the same thing that's what we were balking at they're different things and the west coast the coastline of the west coast is like up and down the whole west coast almost all of it is like absolutely gorgeous at every part i've seen i've been like wow that's cool that's pretty look at that that's beautiful i'm glad i went I guess I haven't really spent a lot of time. We went to like up here and a beach when we were out there one time, but like that's really my experience. And it was like, it was fine. No, that's because, yeah, that's Santa Monica. And that's, that looks like the Florida stuff. It's still not warm water, but it definitely looks a bit more like, ooh, this is beachy. You start to go up north in the coast. Yes, exactly what Bob says. Crazy coastlines that are rocky. You get a small beach here, small beach here. And then get literally like mountains that go right to the edge of the ocean. So you can be like on the top of a mountain looking down over the, it's crazy. The stuff you could see on the West Coast is crazy. Amy, Amy and I stayed at this, uh, I think it was like an Airbnb or something like that. I think it was booked through somewhere else but it's like it was an airstream like a little camper van that was on one of those precipices if you walked out and went too far weren't looking like no rail no nothing because it's just it's just a landscape they're not going to rail the whole coast you know uh it's uh it's gorgeous and like oregon all the way up into washington too i mean all the way up to vancouver all the way up to alaska all of that the pacific coast very very pretty very cold not good for swimming but like worth of worth visiting for lots of reasons and the thing about california the reason why like people say california is well it's huge right california covers such a huge area it's like the it's the third largest state because like alaska texas california i think that's right but it's just like the variety of landscape you can be on the beach and you can drive two hours and be skiing on the mountains like you it's 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 crazy just how diverse this state is because bob lived up north i live down south there's another south down below that's more like the florida beaches in san diego yeah you, san diego is even southier yeah and that's that's basically tropical three entirely different biomes and that's not even counting the mountainous cold areas it's it's i i'm i'm i miss ohio but everyone in the uh, like of the country seems to think that california is just like this hellscape it's just gun violence and and homeless people but which sure but it's it's there's a reason why it's like it's it's gorgeous out here there's no doubt about it it's gorgeous it's it's an incredible place all that to say i'm super happy we live in ohio and i really would not want to go back to living in california but i wish yeah i wish i was in uh anyway what were we talking about oh fucking christmas god damn christmas i gotta pick a winner here and it looks like the losing streak is over mark you've won oh finally man mark 
just is really just so hateful. And I felt like this was his victory. Thank you. I've got nothing in my art but coal and spit. Thank you, everybody, for appreciating my grit. My truest grit. Mark, do you have a winner's speech? Uh, I think I partly started it um, with my truest grit. That was a really good line to, like, end a speech on. So if I can, like, if you can, if the editors can retroact. No. Okay. I love winning, and I love you, too. Grit and spit through and through. Bob, loser speech before the light takes you fully. I got light in my eyes, off my nose, in my ass. I don't like it. It it burns and it's not. I thought getting sunlight onto your butthole was supposed to be a health thing, but I don't. Butthole sun. <laughs> oh, butthole sun. I wish you were a real song. That's it. I wish butthole sun was a real song. I'm sorry that I lost, but I guess I'm just not as hateful as Mark is. Oh, well. And that's that. And the next one, Mark will host, I think will be right on New Year's Day or pretty close to New Year's Day. So stay tuned for that one where Mark will be on New Year's Day because I said so. And uh, we'll talk about whatever he wants to talk about. Until then, uh, you can find us, Mark at Markiplier, Bob at MySkerm. Maybe, depending on if the sun absorbs him. I'm fine. Keep finishing. Finish it. I'm Wade, Minion777 or Lord Minion777. Uh, merch? Uh, soon. Soon. Merch soon. There's been developments, yeah. There's been developments very soon. Sooner than you think. Merry Christmas, everyone, and Happy New Year. We'll see you soon. Until then, podcast out.